Welcome to Biota.org Interviews. I'm Tom Barbelay, and today I have the pleasure of talking with Nell Tenhoff, who's an Associate Professor in the Art Department at York University, Toronto. Nell, for people not familiar with your background, can you please give some discussion into how you got interested in artificial life art? Well, I've been working with electronic media for a good length of time, a couple of decades, I guess. And I have to say that when I first started looking at artificial life in the early 90s. I was a true skeptic. I was very immersed in, you know, the very theoretical take on art at the time, and I was a, was a crit- critic of, of science, <laughs> and uh, I laugh because it seems kind of silly now in retrospect, um, and, uh, and that was my view on artificial life as well. I, uh, you know, I, I um, looked a, a little bit, I have to admit, down my nose at these kind of critters that people were building. So, but from that <laughs> first um, intro into it, um, as with many things that are intrinsically interesting, <laughs> I started to find out more and more about it, and, and gradually it started to show up in my own electronic work, um, first really just as, um, oh, a, a kind of reference in imaging, and then more and more in, uh, as a way of building. So, you know, building interactive works, building kind of agent like works, that sort of thing. So I guess you've touched on this a little bit in that description, but there's a contemporary problem with regards to the definition, the internal definition of artificial life for artificial life developers, and I'm assuming also artificial life artists. Do you have some insight into what makes artificial life art? Well, you know, it's interesting. In in the Vita competition, we, meaning a kind of, you know, loose, evolving collective, because um, although there are some core people in the, in the competition, and we can go into that in a minute, but really it's a kind of evolving, you know, jury of, um, of artists and peers who are looking at this stuff, and um, we've had various kinds of um, arguments, you know, around resistances of one kind or another, and, and one of those resistances, for example, um, has been against, um, well, certainly against having it be too broad, so in other words, it's, it's not... You know, it's not a sort of really broad subset of, of electronic media art. It has to have a, a direct reference to the research. Uh, we've tried to track the research. Um, but, we, but we have, for example, a, re- a resistance to wet art, and, and I have been among those with that resistance because the research wasn't doing wet art or it didn't, you know, it didn't seem to link. So it has been a really kind of a very um, intricate <laughs> push and pull as to um, how we, you know, closely enough can know what's going on in ALAF research itself without being researchers. Uh, and then, you know, how, you know, art isn't research. And so you, you have to have, you know, sort of more openness and more flexibility as, as to what artists are doing. Um, I would say, <laughs> as a kind of summary, well, for one thing that, you know, we've evolved, as I say. And so, you know, we become more open to formats just because they get more and more interesting, wet art being a, a prime example. And at the same time, you know, we, we um, theorize, right? So, you know, as I have been writing about Vita over the last, it's actually not 10 years, it's nine years because of this little shtick of having started at Vita 2.0, um, but we're treating it as a 10th as year anniversary nonetheless. Uh, we theorize, and so writing, writing this article, I've thought, you know, I thought through quite clearly, um, well, you know, what does embodiment mean, a key concept, you know, what does embodiment mean that's, that's the same in both A-Life research and in A-Life art, so 
building robots would be a really good example of that. Uh, but then how is embodiment different, you know, because it's art? How, how is it more open and how does it encompass, you know, more kinds of forms and more kinds of significations because it's art? How is uh, the general public, you know, present in ALIFE research uh, sort of in comparison with art? So, yeah, so there's just a lot of ways, you know, in, in which one can one can think about those um, sameness and differences. And, you know, and, and it has a lot to do with being able to go to the A-Life conferences and because that's usually the best way, you know, of both plugging into what's happening in the research and, you know, connecting up with people who themselves uh, are, are bridgers, you know, who are interested in, you know, making the connections rather than isolating uh, what their practice is. Is what you're saying that artificial life artists should be very acutely aware of the, the current state of the art in terms of research? Or would it be possible for an artificial life artist to come to it without any background knowledge and just create something that was intrinsically artificial life art? <laughs> That's a very good way of posing the question. I think there has to be some awareness, you know, and I, and I think that really varies. And so, you know, something like the Vita competition, I think, has a really important role in in making the in in describing the parameters, you know. And then those aren't all all the parameters. Of course, there's always you know you're always looking for something in a way that exceeds your parameters. But I think we we play a very important role in that. And and I think that that's community. You know, that's how you sort of indicate to people what they might look at. You know, in a way, I think that um, going back to the wet artist again, you can tell this is my current fascination, <laughs> one of them anyway. But going back to the wet artist, I, I don't think that they really saw their work. Let's take Symbiotica as, you know, kind of prime examples. I don't think they really saw their work as artificial life at all. You know, I think they saw it much more as biology or, or biotechnology. But I think that um, if I, for example, you know, am at um, the European Conference on Artificial Life just recently uh, in Lisbon and see that, you know, they have a day-long session on the relationship between A-life and biology, which is something that I don't think that they've really carried on through, through the years. I think they kind of leave it and return to it, but there's a big return to it right now, and that's because of technologies of artificial cell design, and also for theoretical, you know, pretty complicated theoretical reasons. And so I, I think that then, yes, um, you know, the tissue artists, we, yeah, we, we now, you know, there's, now the connection can be made there, you know, um, because in the research world, things have changed, developments have happened. So I suppose there can be a... Um, yeah, there can be a move toward, or there can be gestures towards what we could call a life art that aren't necessarily thought of through a prism of the research world, but then, you know, the research changes. So, yeah, it's a lovely kind of always shifting, changing thing. <laughs> we'll return to this in just a few minutes, but you have mentioned Vida, and I know it's nine years on. You've written recently about the history and the progression of Vida. Could you talk a little bit about that, please? want to mention some of the numbers because they're pretty good. It's, you know, 25 prize-winning works, 56 honorary mentions, that's uh, since the first competition in 1999, and also, you know, a big international scope, and that's um, that continues to build. It's So far, the count is 23 countries. There was the introduction of an incentive award for new production for artists uh, in Ibero-American 
countries, Spain, Portugal, and Latin America, and that started in 2001. And, um, oh, I don't know how many, I think 15 of those have been given out so far. So, yeah, there's been a real push, you know, the, the, the foundation here, I must do my plug, because they really are behind this you know, the Telefonica Foundation, and they have their uh, their outfits in um, all of the, most of the Latin American countries, and they, they really promote it everywhere. So that's been, a, that's been a huge thrust, you know, to have more people working with these kinds of uh, technologies and, and ideas, you know, uh, in, in those countries. But, other, you know, other than that as well, we get, like, really interesting, you know, the, some, some Armenian artists now inquiring about submissions. I, I don't mean to, you know, highlight <laughs> people that I think are more fringe than others, but, yeah, a real, a real spread um, around the globe. Let's see, what else, what else can I say about that that's most pertinent? I did kind of, in, in the catalog text that I've written, and, and also uh, that's to be published in Leonardo, uh, for the, the um, 10th anniversary, I, I did kind of categorize, and it felt pretty good about that, the way I was, you know, able to encompass, I guess, the works into this sort of range of, but looking at it not necessarily through strict, you know, A-Life research categories, but also concepts like the ready-made, you know, because research itself becomes a sort of ready-made in in art, A-Life research in A-Life art, uh, and then also the products, you know, the sort of applications of A-Life research are taken up by artists and they're hacked and fooled around with and, you know, that sort of calls attention to commodity fetishism in a, fetishism in a, in a, with this perspective of, um, you know, gadgets that are alive. So um, I, I liked my categories, but of course, as soon as I started to make these descriptions, I, I began to see what I was leaving out. So again, there's the kind of, you know, there's always um, a push forward. Now, this idea of the ready-made is fascinating because I'm interested in whether artificial life art can go back into artificial life research. Ah, yes. So am I. <laughs> so am I interested in that, and, and I'm glad you. I'm glad, I'm glad you've posed that because I do think that it it already is, uh, uh, you know, a fairly interesting two-way street, um, and I think that's going to become more so. You know, there, there are things now, like perhaps this is a, a bit of um, a mundane example, but there's um, a, a video competition in the big um, AAAI, you know, the big um, North American Artificial Intelligence Conference. The first, the first video competition happened at the Vancouver Conference, I think, in the, in the well, last winter sometime. And, and that's interesting. It, it's, yeah, it's still a bit of a sideshow, but it isn't really because... You know the 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 way the way representations are made in, in that domain in the in a life and AI research domain is becoming more and more important and or and it isn't just that it's perceived as more and more important. So there's that and there's also I think this really interesting notion that um, you know there's a kind of evaluation of concepts um, research concepts that can happen in artwork because artwork has a public. And so even if you don't do literal evaluation, although some of us, like myself and my research collaborator, are interested in literally evaluating, but there's a, there's a way that you have access to this kind of feedback, you know, response from, from a broad public um, when you have an artwork. So, yeah, I think that there is a really quite fascinating 
two-way flow that's going to, that I predict will become more so. Certainly the, the feedback and discussion through these biota interviews has been that the aesthetic, even for traditional artificial life developers, if such a thing exists, is really critical. I, I realised, having asked you this, that I haven't asked you to give a definition of ready-made for folks not familiar with this term. Well, the, the, the word was coined by Marcel Duchamp. You know, so, sometimes people confuse it with the, the surrealist notion of the objet trouvé, which is the idea that any object can be made to be aesthetic. Duchamp's idea is in a little way, is in a certain way the opposite. Uh, the urinal, his famous urinal that he signed, you know, Armut, um, is, is a great example, because it isn't that that is made more aesthetic, it's that it, the whole industrial and social context of that object is kind of transferred into the gallery and butts up against, you know, a, a more traditional aesthetic concept um, in, in the gallery, at least at that time. Now, you also have a wonderful position as an educator to see the future of artificial life art being created currently. Can you give any kind of prediction of what the future of artificial life art will look like in the next, say, nine years? Yeah, I, I, do, think it, I do think it requires... I think more and more um, we see these programs, you know, that allow students to indulge, I suppose, their interests in art and science or art and computation. And uh, so I think that out of, out of those kinds of programs, you know, not when they're sort of um, forced, but when they, when they grow up quite organically, um, I, think, I think you see a kind of student who, um, well, you know, I guess, I guess all I can predict is that uh, there'll be a sort of even greater integration into the two milieu. I'm not exactly sure how that will play out because I think there will always be, you know, galleries that are that kind of space. Um, I, d I don't know. I think I think perhaps around this idea of of testing and testability that maybe we'll we'll see, you know, more uh, uh, more research outcome, you know, from exhibitions <laughs> like real, legitimate, valuable research outcome, you know, that will be integrated into what researchers are doing. I, I, I really think, I don't have that much to say about the forms, you know, those are, that's really hard to predict what kind of form it will take, probably just more and more complex and intricate <laughs> as computing goes that way, and also as wet work goes that way, you know. Um, I guess if, if um, the, the A-Life research world is doing synthetic um, <clears throat> cell development that we're going to see, you know, artists pushing into that further. That's what I that's what I imagine. What I find fascinating looking at a number of contemporary artificial life artists is that they use artificial life as a tool almost with regards to adding uh, additional elements. Some of the most striking ones have included things like anime and various other things which I wouldn't necessarily think of with regards to artificial life art. In terms of this kind of blending, what is your thinking on that? I think that one thing that the whole zone really lends itself to is a, is a kind of really multiple and immersive, that's not new, immersive experience, but, you know, because it often involves the sense of a world, you know, like an, an animated world or a, um, an adaptive or, you know, shifting, evolving world, <clears throat> I think that quite possibly, yeah, it can really push towards, uh, it can push well towards the inclusion of a lot of different, you know, like towards the, the, the overload that kind of meets us in, in our culture anyway, but, you know, an, an overload that the uh, participant um, or the interactant can, can manipulate and, and uh, really, 
you know, really be an, an agent within. So, yeah, I think it lends itself to this kind of, you know, many, many elements, uh, but with an with a, um, uh, intelligent way of being able to sort and, uh, and organize and, and be part of, you know, the arrangement of those elements. Now, you've touched a bit on uh, artificial life academia, you've touched a bit on industry, you've obviously talked a little bit about artificial life art as well, but in terms of the broader artificial life community, what more would you like to see? Yeah, I think that there, I would really like there to be some way to deal with the specialization, you know, I mean, because there's more and more and more and more knowledge all the time, and there's a kind of splintering. <laughs> I guess this is in a way that related to my, my just previous comment because there's a kind of splintering into many, many specialized zones. And so, I don't know, I guess I guess the the, um, the web would be good, you know, a kind of, some kind of databasing, again, you know, sorting method um, because it really is hard to, to follow. Um, it really is hard to even figure out, you know, what your particular track of interest might be, you know. So, um, yeah, I guess just through all these conferences and um, for, I can imagine a, um, a young person just starting out in this and trying to think, well, what, you know, what's my entry here? So, um, yeah, but, I, I, you know, in the end, I think that's a people network. I think that that's, you know, any, any individual's way of kind of, so, of making their contacts. And so, for example, at a, it might come down to, a, you know, a, hu- a massive university like mine, you know, 45,000 students. Um, having ways for the students in yeah in the different departments you know to uh, to gain the the special this specialized knowledge to find an entry point so that's that's something that still kind of baffles me and I don't have a you know clearer picture of a solution to that. Does Vida itself have any information or any resources that someone entering artificial life art could draw upon? Well, we have a we have a bibliography you know we've got a bibliography that kind of uh, covers the which probably needs updating again. That kind of covers um, some good basic readings. You know, Mitchell Whitelaw, the uh, Australian writer, did um, uh, an overview of um, A. Life Art, but I think about three, four years ago. So, yeah, ways to, you know, read, and, and uh, or, or Stephen Wilson's, um, you know, uh, constant um, up, up uh, what's the word, keeping up, I guess. With um, you know his compendium of uh, artists, but in all of the electronic media, not just in a life. So yeah, there are, there are pointers to ways to read about uh, where the intersection has already happened, you know, um, between a life and art. But um, I guess we could try to develop some tools now that I think about it that could point people to some of the the, the, the main conferences and you know how they could get interested in the in the more literally technical. Um, aspects of the whole thing. We could do that. And increasingly the conferences are more and more open after the fact as well in mm-hmm. terms of publication. Yeah, with posting their stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. So those resources are available. Mm. Yeah, yeah. so much is online. Yeah, that's true. So, Nell, any final thoughts for the interview? It's just that we're excited <laughs> about this big event. You know, we have um, some add-ons. There's a, there's a After the jurying in Madrid in early November this year, there's going to be a, a gala presentation of the awards in, in Barcelona at the end of the month. And, um, and probably, not probably, but there will be in, in late winter, I think, um, a conference of some kind, panel discussions. You know, there'll be a, a, a way that we gather people around to discuss exactly these kinds of topics that you've brought up. So it's a big year.
Is Vita still open for entries? Oh, yes, yeah, until October 22nd, and quite frankly, just between you and me, we almost always extend the deadline. <laughs> but the official deadline date right now is the 22nd of October. And I do want to say that um, we had some discussion. One of the other things that we haven't had that I think um, has become interesting is um, music, music entries. And uh, when I was in Lisbon, there was an A-Life music concert, which I didn't hear about until just too late, but I got the names of, uh, of all of those artists, and it's quite a list of a dozen or so that they had. So, yeah, we're, we're really, really open to music submissions. Uh, they don't require a video, they just require a description of the concept. And is that open for this year as well? Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you very much, Nell, for the opportunity to interview on biota.org.